Many gay and bisexual men, dissatisfied with modern religions that struggle to accept and condone us, are hearing the call of the old gods, those gods and religions of antiquity that embraced us and recognized our inherent spirituality. While modern religions debate our worth as lovers, as priests, as sexual beings, the old gods and the old religions embraced us as sacred. We were their shamans, their priests, the intermediaries between the gods and mankind. Many of the gods themselves were homosexual, bisexual, or transgendered. These gods were untamed, vibrant, and sexual. Accept their call and their healing embrace. These are the Male Mysteries, and I'm your host, Male Mystery. Welcome to Episode 10 of the Discovering the Male Mysteries podcast. I'm your host, Mel Mystery. This episode will be a review of Kafnia, a spiritual gathering for gay and bisexual men held this year from August 6th to 10th, 2014 at Four Quarters Interfaith Sanctuary in Artemis, Pennsylvania. I not only attended this year's gathering, but I also hosted three workshops on gay and bi men's rites of passage. I knew that when I returned home from Kafnia that I was going to do a show on it. What I didn't know was how difficult it would be to put my experiences into words. The experience was profound and had so many layers of meaning. Ironically, or perhaps poetically, the event might even be considered a rite of passage for myself as well as others, especially first-time participants and first-time presenters. It had all the elements necessary to fit the rite of passage criteria. Separation from the mundane world, a period of liminality, and a return to the mundane world with gifts, knowledge, skills, and experiences to share with our respective communities. I've decided to split this episode into two separate podcasts, Part 1 and Part 2 on Kafnia. Part 1 will be a review of the event. Part 2 will talk more about my journey to and from the event, my personal experiences, and the things I learned from the standpoint of rites of passage and the hero's journey. Kafnia has been going on for about three years now. This is the first year the event has been held at Four Quarters, and it is my understanding that the event will be held there again next year in early August. The event is produced by a gay and bi men's spiritual organization called Ordo Arturnus Voven, or OAV for short. OAV is an initiatory order that follows many of the teachings of Alasir Crowley, the Law of Thelema, and Ceremonial Magic. The OAV follows a sex-positive and queer-centric spiritual path. One of the primary deities of the OAV is the ancient Sumerian goddess Inanna, a goddess of war and sexual love. Inanna was worshipped by a group of gender-variant male priests called the Kugaru. A temple for Inanna is erected yearly at Kafnia. For more information about Kafnia and the OAV, please visit www.kafnia.org and www.voven.org. I'll spell that, that's www.cophnia.org and also www.vovin.org. Four Quarters was an appropriate and beautiful setting for the gathering. Located in the rural foothills of Pennsylvania, Four Quarters is located on 150 acres of land bordered on three sides by a river. 
Some of the features and landmarks include a stone circle, a labyrinth, swimming holes, a fairy carn, a couple of drum circle areas, sweat lodges, and various buildings including bathroom and shower facilities and a dining pavilion. Each year over Labor Day weekend, more standing stones are added to the stone circle at an event called Stones Rising. Throughout the campground there are a myriad devotional altars with gifts to their respective gods, goddesses, and other spirits. Mostly the land is set up for tent camping, but there is a fairly new dormitory. The Radical Fairies have a standing camp at Four Quarters, and I got a personal chore from one of its members. Four Quarters provided a meal plan for Kafnia attendees and provided three delicious meals each day of the event, providing both meat and vegetarian vegan options. For more information on Four Quarters, please visit www.4qf.org. That's www.4qf.org. The theme of this year's Kafnia was periculum, which means risk or danger, and was used in the context of risks and challenges related to initiation and seeking enlightenment. Altogether, there were about 30 people who attended the gathering. Ages of participants ranged from their 20s on up to at least their 60s. Featured presenters at this year's Kafnia included Steve Kenson, Eric Dupree, Gaffer That Harp Guy, and myself. Steve Kenson is a founder of the Temple of Witchcraft and lead minister of the Gemini Ministry of the Temple in charge of its communication networks, its queer spirit ministry, and the trickster questioning aspect of its structure. Steve presented workshops on pagans and role-playing, the medicine and mysteries of the queer spirit, chaos magic, pagan institutions, and spirit work. More information about Steve can be found at www.templeofwitchcraft.org. That's www.templeofwitchcraft.org. Eric Dupree is a popular pagan blogger and writer. He studies Tantra and Dharma paganism. Eric has two upcoming books, The Hero Within, Reframing Masculinity with the Goddess, and his other book, Finding the Masculine in Goddess Spiral, Men in Ritual, Community, and Service to the Goddess. Eric led workshops on the role of men within the goddess movement, transformational breathing, and evening meditations and chanting. One of these chants will be featured later in this podcast. For more information about Eric and his work, please visit his website at www.ericdupree.com. That's www.ericdupree.com. Gaffer That Harp Guy is a semioticist historian, ethnographer, and harper. He has lent his talents to both teaching and promoting human rights through music and song. Gaffer hosted an evening harp concert for the gathering. One of his songs will be included later in this podcast. For more information about Gaffer, please visit www.thatharpguy.com and you can purchase his music at www.thatharpguy.bandcamp.com. The first link is www. T-H-A-T-H-A-R-P-G-U-Y dot com and the second link is www.thatharpguy dot B-A-N-D-C-A-M-P dot com. I already mentioned that I conducted three workshops on rites of passage, a rite of passage overview, conversations on gay and bi men's rites of passage, and an interactive creative rite of passage workshop. 
There were many other talented workshop presenters, including members of the OAV, a member of the DC Radical Fairies, and other assorted individuals. Other fun events and workshops included Quirioki, a mask ball and sensual feast, tantric massage, fire circle etiquette, invoking our gods, and drumming and dancing around the fire. There were a myriad of rituals throughout the week, including rituals by the OAV, a ritual reenacting the goddess Inanna stealing the blueprints of life from Inki, a ritual exploring ecstatic ritual techniques, and a Hecate ritual. The OAV opening ritual included a crowning of the festival king, and the main ritual celebrated the mysteries of the dying and rising god that involved symbolically consuming the god's blood and semen in the form of wine and pomegranate seeds. There were so many great workshops and events, I don't feel my description is doing them justice. It's just one of those things you had to be there for. There were many sub-themes that ran through the event. This included a sense of community and connection among all those who attended. I personally felt a greater connection and resonance with the people there than I normally do with those in the gay community itself or those in the pagan community itself. Somehow my non-gay pagan friends and my non-pagan gay friends don't resonate with me or understand me or me them in the way that I did with the people at this gay pagan gathering. Not that my friends don't try. <laughs> Most of the event was upbeat and happy, but there were times to share deeper feelings and frustrations, both as individuals and in groups. Many people's experiences resonated with me, either where I am now in life or at some other point in my life. The sharing helped me not to feel so alone in my experiences, and I'm sure it helped others as well. Many people had the opportunity to open up in a way they normally haven't been able to. Some had breakthroughs, and some learned new skills they didn't know they had. Perhaps because my workshops were on rites of passage, I saw many people, including myself, in need of rites of passage. Challenges for people included individuals feeling stuck where they are in life and wanting better, or to do what brings them meaning while stuck in a bad job or other trying circumstances that prevent them from reaching their full potential. Some were reluctant to embrace their age, especially those middle-aged and older. There were feelings of mortality, the waning of health as one grows older, concerns about caring for loved ones who are losing their health, sadness at the loss of loved ones. Some individuals cited feeling lonely in a world full of people, not being able to let down walls of trust to let other people in. Others felt that no matter how comfortable they are with their sexuality personally, that they are being judged or excluded from family and peers, or that somehow they aren't good enough because of their sexuality. They, perhaps I should say we, are all good enough and beautiful people. I know all these feelings and I want those who express them and felt them to know that they are not alone. That goes for those listening to this podcast as well. Another theme that came up through the week was a recognition of the countercultural history of the GLBT movement and a feeling that the current movement has become too mainstream. There was a time when our movement challenged the basic assumptions about marriage and now our community has embraced marriage as a goal. Gay community spaces are waning as more people meet online and use apps like Grindr. We used to be about equality for all, but in many ways our movement has become insular and forgotten about others fighting for civil and human rights. Good things were also noted, like how GLBT folks are coming out younger and how younger people are more accepting. It was a great event and I was so happy to meet so many genuine people who shared common experiences and beliefs. Thank you.
That chant to the goddess Kali Ma was led by Eric Dupree and is related to transformation. Kali Ma is the kind and loving aspect of the Hindu goddess Kali. For more information, check out Eric's blog post titled Transcendent Kali, Reflecting on Kafniya at his website www.ericdupree.com. And again, that's www.ericdupree.com. I've given an overview of Kafniya and some of my experiences and thoughts. I think the best review for the event is other people's testimony. On the last day of the event, I took some time to give people a chance to give their own reviews. Here they are. My name is Harold Anugi, or Frater Anugi. I am the heralding coordinator here at Kafnia. This is my third year of doing Kafnia. I have enjoyed every moment of it every year. It is quite possibly one of the best festivals I have ever been to. I have a lot of fun doing ritual, I have a lot of fun with workshops, and I love hanging out with people and meeting new people and sharing stories because it's the stories that connect us and the stories are just phenomenal and I can't wait to get home to tell them to other people so they can be passed on. I'm Julian, and I'm the primary facilitator and one of the organizers of Kafnia. And we started this festival about three years ago um, with the vision of just bringing gay and bi, um, gay, bi, and transgendered men together in one space to celebrate primarily different paths of alternate spirituality um, and to sort of reclaim the earlier queer community that was far more interconnected and less divisive than the current modern queer community. Um, I think this year we really saw our vision come to pass. Um, there was just, there were so many great themes running through this event or sub-themes um, besides the, the sort of theme that we chose for the event. And some of those themes included um, our history as a queer people. There were just some wonderful stories shared including um, stories about Stonewall, the Stonewall riots from someone who was actually um, in New York City d during the Stonewall riots. Um, stories of people's coming to the pagan path and having interaction with the queer spirit for the first time and just a, just a tremendous amount of our history as a queer pe queer culture and queer people being shared and the other sort of sub theme that was really great was the interconnectedness through sharing our stories I think we often discover that we're all connected and that we all have a similarity and I think that really came through here and people opened up and, and made those connections and it's my hope that those connections will continue to be fostered through throughout the coming year until people return again next year at Kafnia um, in August of 2005. I believe Julian meant 2015 and not 2005 unless he's invented time travel. Up next are comments from Quill. Kafnia and festivals like it, they are pagan events, but I think that the most important thing that people come to things like this is for for an authentic experience. We come so that we can know each other on a deeper level than usual, so that our souls can kind of 
overlap. Kind of like a Venn diagram. That's what we come here for. And we get it. And it's good. I'm Steve Kenson, and I had the blessing and good fortune to be a guest presenter at Coffinia this year. They say that there are certain experiences that if, once you have them, uh, there are no words to explain them. And if you haven't been in queer sacred space, then it's difficult to find the words to explain. And if you haven't been to a festival like Hofnia, well, you really just don't know what you're missing. It's an amazing experience and one that I strongly recommend uh, anyone who is interested in seeing what it's like to give it a try. Wrapping up another wonderful week with so many of my friends who are from the pagan tradition, I can't help but say how beautifully the spiritual hungers of many people are met by this experience. Kofnia is a very uh, exceptional event in that it has a whole variety of traditions coming together to uh, blend in a very beautiful tapestry their needs, their values, their dreams, their aspirations, and sometimes even their fears and their, their hopes. So thank you once again for such a great time, such wonderful people. I suppose that this experience is a way of remembering a song that too easily I forget. And hearing it sung again brings it back to my heart and brings it into my consciousness in a way that is sustaining, nurturing, and enriching. My name is Jack from Cleveland. My motto is take a sad song and make it better. Thank you once again, wonderful friends. My name is Johnny Caminiti, and this poem was inspired by Kafnia 2014, and it's dedicated to all the men uh, who joined me on this journey. It is called Periculum. At Kafnir in Four Quarters there were men. They faced risk and danger, they drummed their souls, they danced sky-clad, they held hands around the fire. At Kafnir in Four Quarters there were men. They swam in Hemlock Hole, they built cairns by the shore, they called upon their gods, they worshipped the earth. At Kafnir, in Four Quarters, there were men. They contemplated rites of passage, they shared their tales, they stood amongst the stones, they were swept away by the harp's strings. At Kafnir, in Four Quarters, there were men. They uncoiled their kundalani, they massaged their phalluses, they feasted sensually, they struck a mudra pose. At Kafnir, in Four Quarters, there were men. They charged their chakras, they shifted their shape, they worked their magic. They strategized the future. At Kafnia in Four Quarters, there were men. They entered a trance. They sought truth in the flames. They spoke in tongues. They tempted Darth. At Kafnia in Four Quarters, there were men. They sang Quirioki. They chanted as one. They wept in a hot circle. They stole the me. At Kafnia in Four Quarters, there were men. They awakened Shakti. 
they honored Inanna. They channeled their elders. They drank sweet mead. At Kafnir in Four Quarters, there were men. They celebrated under the harvest moon. They shared the seed of the dying god. They were enchanted by master storytellers. They were joined by brotherhood. At Kafnir in Four Quarters, there was love. Om, blessed be. I'm ending part one of this episode with a song by Gaffer, That Harp Guy. Again, you can find out more about Gaffer at www.thatharpguy.com and you can buy his music from www.thatharpguy.bandcamp.com. For the links mentioned in this podcast and a few extras that were not mentioned, please see the show notes for this episode on my website. Part two of this podcast should be out within the next month or so. Life has been so busy lately that I apologize to everyone for this episode not going out sooner. Without further ado, here is one of Gaffer's more whimsical performances from the event. This is a tragedy about the forbidden love between a honeysuckle and a vineweed. This is a love tragedy between a honeysuckle and a vineweed. 
Thanks for listening to the Discovering the Male Mysteries podcast. I'm your host, Mel Mystery. You can find out more about the show, including links to my blog and store site at http colon backslash backslash m-e-l-m-y-s-t-e-r-y dot m-a-t-r-i-x w-e-r-x dot com. That's http colon backslash backslash melmystery dot matrixworks dot com. If you would like to submit original poetry or music, suggest a topic, guest host a segment, or share information relevant to listeners, you can find more information on how to do so, including my email address on the Mail Mysteries website. Thanks for listening. Mary Meat, Mary Part, and Mary Poppins! <laughs>